What's up, everybody? Welcome to I-Town Church in part two of this series called Lose Your Grip. Go ahead and grab something to take some notes with if you haven't already. Obviously, the I-Town Church app is a great way to do that. Just click on the notes button there. And as you do, I want to say hello to all of our campuses today. Like many of you, I am actually traveling for Thanksgiving weekend But because we're in this series, I felt like it was a significant topic and I really wanted to deliver this message personally to you. And so I had the opportunity to be with our staff and our ITLA students to pre-record this. And I pray that you open your heart because I think God has a lot for you today. First Chronicles, our theme verse, it says in verse 10 of chapter chapter 29. Praise be to you, O Lord God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. He says, yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. Read this with me, everybody. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. Come on, read it again. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. So what I'm trying to do in this series is change your perspective about resources. Where do they come from and how should they be used? Because how you view it should determine how you use it. Everything in the earth is God's. And if we see it as his, it would begin to change our perspective, change our mentality, change the way we live and change our provision. So today I want to talk to you about how we manage it. Last weekend we talked about how we receive it and the concept of the tithe getting into a covenant relationship with God, now the portion that's ours to manage, we need to understand what to do with it. And I have two big thoughts for you today. The number one thing we have to do is that perspective piece. We got to get the right perspective about our finances, just like we talked about in our theme verse, understanding that everything is the Lord's. We're going to work for a minute on this verse in 2 Corinthians, we often visit this verse as we talk about resources because it gives us an incredible perspective. Paul says in chapter 9 and verse 10, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Verse 11 tells us what it's for. You'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. The ultimate goal of all of our finances, of course, as we'll get to in a moment, is to bring God glory. Now, let's break this verse down for just a minute. There's a couple of things you need to grasp a hold of if you're gonna get the right perspective. And that first phrase gives us the foundational key. It's he who supplies. We have to understand who our source is, where the flow comes from. So the right perspective starts with understanding As far as our resources go, all our talent and all our treasure, God owns it. God gives us everything that we have in this life. It's all his, none of it's ours. That's why the title of the series is Lose Your Grip, because you're holding on to something that's not yours to hold on to. James chapter 4 says it this way. What's causing the quarrels and fights among you? Because people always are going at war. They're always at each other's throats. He says they come from evil desires that war within you. Verse two, you want what you don't have and so you scheme and kill to get it. There's this lust for possessions on the inside of fallen man and so we actually look to others to try and take it from them. In fact, it fuels jealousy, he says. You're jealous of what others have but you can't get it and so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. 
I want to pause for a moment and suggest to you that one of the main reasons why we have issues and fights and quarrels over finances is because we embrace what I would call a scarcity mentality. This idea that there isn't a bountiful provision that God can bless us with every rich blessing that he has because he is our provider. We see this whole idea of provision through the lens of scarcity of there's only a few houses, there's only a few jobs, only a few uh, good guys to marry, only a few opportunities for advancement out there. And if you got the blessing, it must have been mine. And so instead of me looking to God who can provide all of us with rich blessings, I'm looking to you to take what's yours because you must have got something that's mine. And you see how it creates war within mankind. And so we have to change our mentality. He says, look, the reason why you don't have what you want is because you didn't go to the right source. You think that you got to take it away from others. You think you got to be jealous of what they have and get it from them so there's fighting and quarreling. The reality is we have to take a step back and remember everything is God's. He is our source and he is our provision for everything. Ask God for it. But then in verse 3 he goes on to say, but he's not a cosmic slot machine. When you ask, even those of you who do ask, you're not receiving that prayer because your motives are all wrong. You're only looking for what will give you pleasure. So we have to make sure that our motivation, our heart is right when it comes to finances. And we'll continue talking about that in this message and in next week's message. But the reality is we have to change our perspective. If we understand God owns it all, then we would be in a posture of asking him. And there's 20 times, over 20 times in scripture, we're told to ask. God says, would you just ask? Would you bring it before the Lord in prayer? Stop looking to the government. Stop looking to your business. Stop looking to your friends. Stop looking to your parents. All these other people are not your source. Stop fighting and being jealous and waging war to take it from them. Get out of the scarcity mentality. God is our provider. He will bless you with everything that you need in this life. It is always fascinating to me how Christians can trust God for salvation, but not for provision. We want him to take care of our eternity. Yeah, but, but we will not trust him with our finances. We want to hold that with a death grip. I'm going to control where my money goes, and I decide where I give, and I decide how much I give. And I'm telling you, it's a scarcity mentality that keeps us in poverty. And so back to our verse in 2 Corinthians. He is the one, he's our source, and the one who owns it all. He gives seed to the sower and bread for food, and he will also supply and increase your store of seed and enlarge your harvest of righteousness. Second principle of the right perspective is that we are the managers. God owns it. So what that means is we've got to loosen our grip on it because we're just called to what this old word we used to use, stewardship, which just means that you're a manager. We take care of what's the Lord's. So if we go back to our verse, I want you to notice there's different purposes for the resources God brings into our lives. He's the supplier of everything we have, but he gives seed to the sower and bread for food. So some of the provision God has given us is for our consumption. It's bread for food. It sustains us. It pays the bills. It takes care of our family. It clothes our children. It, it heats our houses. God doesn't mind you consuming a portion of what he's given you. In fact, that's the purpose for it. There's bread for food. But he also says that there is seed for the sower. And so God wants you to take a portion of what he has given you and manage it well so that you're able to be a blessing to other people. You have to understand some of it is bread, 
Some of it is seed. Some of it is providing for today, and some of it is to be planted in a harvest field of someone else's life so that it'll grow provision for your future. So you don't want to eat what God is intending to bless you with in your future, or you're eating your future blessing. And so we have to pray and ask the Holy Spirit, which is which? What is my bread and what is my seed? God, would you help me to see what we should give and what we should consume? Here's the simple thought that I would give you when you're praying through that. Seeds taste horrible, all you CrossFit crazy people that are paleo. Seeds are terrible. (laughs) Seeds taste bad. Come on, somebody. Can I get some carb lovers in the house? Bread tastes good. Bread, bread, bread. I love bread. Bread is amazing. All you Atkins people, I mean, that's just of the devil. I'm telling you, I don't know. The low-carb diet, I don't understand it. I don't get it. What is it? What's the new one that everybody's doing? Keto, Keto, that's it. That's what I'm trying to think of, keto. The problem with keto is you lose 100 pounds in four days, and then you find a piece of bread, and you gain it all back in seven minutes. I'm just telling you, bread is good. So when you, when you consume what's intended for your future, there should be, if you're listening to the Spirit, this ugh. And, and that's why we need to manage our resources with the provider in mind. It's his. He's providing it to us so that we can provide for our needs, but at the same time, we can be a blessing to others. We can think about it through the lens of managing it. Here's my question for you. God can get money to you, but can he get money through you? So many believers fall short of the provision that God would love to bring in their life, the ultimate blessing and the overflow that God wants to give you simply because we get sticky fingers. We're eating our seed. We're holding on to something that was intended for something, someone else or something else. And so a good manager always manages, if we truly are managers and it's not ours, then it manages it with the goals of the owner in mind. And so when we... Look at our resources. If we change the way we see it, we'll change the way we spend it, the way we use it. If I recognize everything that I have in this life is the Lord's, God has just simply called me to steward it or to manage it, then I'm no longer managing it with my own expectations and my own personal goals in mind. I'm managing it with God's goals in mind. How can I leverage this to advance the kingdom and what God has called me to do? Because what you'll find in this life is every blessing God gives you is a test. Everything in this life is a test. God wants to see how are you managing your time? How are you managing your relationships? How are you managing the gifts and the talents and the anointing even that he has given you? And the key to more is managing well what's already been given to you. Luke chapter 16 says it plainly. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will be dishonest with much. So if you have been untrustworthy in handle, or if you have been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? So if you cannot be trusted with what God has provided for you financially to make sure that you tithe, to make sure that you don't eat your seed, to make sure that God can get money through you, then the reality is you will not be a spiritual impact like God's called you to be to the world around you. We have to make sure we get the view of our resources correct. How we see it determines how we manage it. And we got to manage it with the owner's expectations in mind. All of this is the Lord's. I'm just put in charge of it for a short season. i got to manage it well. And then he goes on in verse 11 and says, You'll be enriched in every way for the purpose of being generous on every occasion. 
so that through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So God owns it. We manage it. The last thing I want you to see for the right perspective is that people need it. There are other people that need the blessings that God has brought into your life. And so we have to make sure that we are open for the opportunities where the Holy Spirit would lead us to sow that seed, to plant that seed into someone else's life for the purpose of being an eternal blessing to them. Luke chapter 16 verse 9 says it this way. Here's the lesson. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. And then when your possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. We have to always remind ourselves that this life is not about this life. And so while God wants you to be blessed and while God wants you to enjoy incredible things in this life, he wants to provide for your every need and he wants to give you things for your enjoyment because you're his kids. At the same time, we have to remember that this life is a vapor. We're passing through and we need to leverage what God has given us, the seeds that he has given us in our lives so that we can be a true blessing to the world around us. We have got to get the right perspective because if I see it right then I'll use it right and this is the number one mistake we make because we hold on to our money because we think well I earned that and I went to that job and I used all of my time and I don't understand how it's the Lord's well first of all the Bible said everything is his and then I would beg the question who gave you the breath in your lungs who gave you the talents and abilities that you have who gave you your intellect who gave you the favor and the opportunity and the open door Everything we have in this life, every relationship, every good blessing, every good and perfect gift, the Bible says, comes from our Father above. We have got to get the right perspective. Number two, the second big concept that we have to wrap our minds around is the right principles. We have got to get the right principles. Now that we have the right perspective, okay, everything is the Lord. I'm just called to manage it. And I have to make sure that I'm using it and leveraging it to be a blessing to the world around me. What are the right principles that would allow us to do that? Well, Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 says it this way. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a brand new person by changing the way you think. In other words, don't think about money the way the world thinks about money. And this has to do with everything. Your spirituality, your relationships, your purity. Don't copy the way the world does things. Let God change you by changing the way you see life. And then it's easy for you to know God's will. And it is incidentally good and pleasing and perfect. So it becomes incredibly easy for us to see God's will when we'll view it God's way. We've got to get a brand new perspective so we can get the right principles again in place. And I'm just telling you, we're living in an era where what's modeled for us is not God's way. We're living in a, uh, a earth-cursed system. Mammon controls, the God of Mammon, the old Assyrian God of Mammon controls money and, and the power over money in our culture. We have to break that curse through the principle of the tithe and begin to understand that the world's way for accessing things and gleaning wealth and creating wealth is different than God's way. Because the kingdom of heaven is counterintuitive. The way up is down and the way to increase is to decrease. So we have to understand that the models that we see in this world and especially in this country are countercultural to the principles of God's word. And so it's easy for us even as Christians to fall into the flow of what our leadership in this nation are doing. And this is not a political statement because it's true 
for both sides of the aisle, but we are spending away our children's future. In fact, I brought this, every few years when we talk about resources, I like to bring this number to you, and I want to challenge you today in the present moment to go online or after church and check this website, usdebtclock.org. I brought this two years ago, and the number was 23 trillion that our country was in debt. Today, at the recording of this message, we're nearly 28 trillion in debt, and by the time you're actually Thanksgiving weekend watching this message, that number will be far higher. Because literally, while I'm writing the message, I'm still updating the number as I walk to the platform. By the hundreds of thousands, this number in this moment is already irrelevant because we are so quickly outspending our resources. This is not a godly principle. This is not a sustainable system. It's why we're experiencing inflation in this country. And again, uh, God is an incredible economist and he teaches us these principles in his word and we are completely violating it as a nation. And if we're not careful as believers, we'll fall into the same pattern and we'll outkick our coverage. We'll have more month at the end of our money and we are gonna be in trouble. We're gonna be upside down. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 21 and verse five, The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. We just can't continue to vote to raise the debt ceiling and continue to print more fake money and act like it's all going to be fine. Look, you and I don't get to print money. And so we can't follow the principles of whatever our government in Washington is doing. We have got to get some common sense from God's word when it comes to how we handle our finances. Jot this down if you're taking notes. You can wander into debt, but you cannot wander out of it. Nobody just accidentally has a whole bunch of money in the bank account. Man, I just woke up this morning and I have no idea what happened. I just found a, like 20 grand extra in my savings account. To God be the glory, praise the Lord. I've been praying and I didn't know how it happened. It just, it just, I just fell into it. No, but it's easy to get 20 grand in debt. You get too long on the car dealership lot and you'll leave and go, what in the world just happened? What do we do? What in the world? So we've got to make sure that we understand that the principles that are being laid out for us are not the path God has called us to. And we have to have some clarity from God's word on these principles. Remember, everything we have is the Lord's. And we'll have to stand and give an account for how we lived our lives and how we managed his resources and what we did with not only our time and our talent, but also the treasure that he has blessed us with. So let me give you a couple of working principles here, some actionable items that you can take that will help you in your personal finances as a manager of what belongs to the Lord. The first thing that I would think you would want to do is build a working budget. I'm not talking about an actual budget. I'm talking about a working budget, like one that actually makes sense, one that actually takes care of your finances. I heard one person to say, that someone that lives within their means is short on imagination. <laughs> no, the truth is you need, you need to live within your means and allow God to bless what you have because remember, it's a test. If I can manage it well and look for opportunities, God will bless me abundantly because you cannot outgive God, but you can't give anything if you don't have it to give. And so in Haggai chapter one and verse five, it says, give careful thought to your ways. Like this is something we do not do in America very often is evaluate what we're doing, evaluate how we're living, spend some moments of self-reflection, give careful thought to where did we spend our money and was it a good use of resources? Was it God honoring? Did it, 
Did it bring joy and pleasure for the part that was bred? And did we set aside what was designed to be seed? Did we hear from the Lord? We have to give careful thought to our ways because here's the problem. He says, you've planted much, but you've harvested little. In other words, you're working really hard, but the return is not great because you're, you're not doing it the right way. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. And, and that's the reality of a lot of our lives. It's not that we need to work harder like my uh, uh, business teachers used to always say. Don't work harder, work smarter. Work smarter. We need to embrace the principles of God's word. Chances are we're all working really hard. It's not for a lack of effort. It's, la- it's for a lack of the right effort. We're not putting our effort in the right places and, and the right disciplines and listening to the Lord. So here's a couple of things you can do. Just very practical things that will help you to build a working budget. And the first one is to just give every dollar a name. We teach this or try and teach this on a regular basis to our staff just to help them manage the resources God has given them. And Kate and I learned these principles a long time ago, very early in marriage. We, we just need to give every single dollar a name. That means that on a spreadsheet somewhere, we know where our money is going. We're looking at those resources and we love to give financial counseling and help to people. But it's fascinating to me how many folks don't think about the way they're spending money and they don't give every dollar a name. They're just kind of hoping that it all works out in the end. And, and early in the church when I did all the counseling, I would have meetings with people and they would come to those meetings about how we needed to bail them out financially because they were upside down in debt and couldn't make the bills and they always had a cup of Starbucks. It's like, y'all know like, Maxwell's a thing, right? Like you can, you can brew it at home. Folgers is, is like more, way more. You don't need a cup of five bucks when you don't have five bucks to pay the gas bill. So Jesus said it this way, Luke chapter 14 and verse 28. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? You got to make sure that you have the resources to set on in the endeavor that you're setting out on. Is it the right thing for you to do. Give every single dollar a name. Build a working budget. Second thing you're going to want to do as you build that budget is create margin. Let me tell you what margin is. Margin is the gap between what you have and what you spend. And for most of us in America, that gap is actually the opposite. We're spending 105 to 120 percent of our monthly income, which is the problem. So margin says, I make this much, monthly I spend this much, so there's a gap in between. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 6 says it this way, better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Better is one handful with a little bit of peace in your life, better is less in your life than all of the stress that comes with managing more and chasing more and running around more Chances are only because we're trying to follow the world's system. We're buying things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like because we're trying to keep up with the culture of the world. We need to create margin. It's better. I'm telling you, it's better to have a little bit less and then have some margin in life. With that margin, we need to Dave Ramsey life. Reduce debt, everybody. Get yourself out from underneath that mountain of debt because... It's normal for us in today's culture 
to spend a whole bunch of money on living expenses when we're in college and all of the bills that come with being in school. And then we graduate for our career and we're under this pile of debt. And then we need a car to get us back and forth to the job. And we start our lives way behind. And so we're trying to dig ourselves out of a hole and, and maybe you got some bad financial advice and so you've got consumer debt, you've got credit card debt, you've got school debt and you've got all these things like a weight over your shoulder. In fact, I heard somebody say, if you're wondering if there's any purpose to live or if anybody cares that you're alive, just stop paying all your bills. <laughs> there's a lot of people that'll contact to make sure you're okay. <laughs> They'll want to know where you're at. And the Bible says in Proverbs 22 and verse 7, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. So if you think you're free and you think you run your own life, just stop paying your house bill, stop paying your car bill, and you'll find out real quickly who you serve because they require that you go to work to create a paycheck to pay the debt. It's just a biblical principle. So we need to understand that the rich are ruling over the poor and that as borrowers, we become servant to the lenders. There's an obligation we have to fulfill. And the truth is, it oftentimes keeps us from maybe being spontaneous or taking opportunities or stepping into what the Lord has for us in this life because we didn't manage well what was already his in the first place. Let me give an example of how much this is out of control in our country. In 1960, the self-storage industry didn't even hardly exist. And today, there are over 49,000 different just facilities that is a $39.5 billion industry. Think about this. As a nation, we are spending nearly $40 billion to store things we cannot use and that we do not have space for in our functional lives. What's worse is every year, abandoned units $65 million of abandoned units are auctioned off. So let me just give you an, uh, some advice today. Light the storage unit on fire and take all of the money that you're spending to store stuff that you don't need right now and use it to pay down debt because we get ourselves in this consumeristic mentality. And one of the things that Kate and I here at the church and in our personal lives, we try on a regular basis just purge, 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 because we oftentimes accumulate things that we don't need. And let me help you change your perspective about this. If everything is mine in this life, then I can do whatever I want to with it. And I can buy as many things as I want to with it. And I can just keep it and ruin it and waste it. But if everything is the Lord's, then every time I make a financial decision, he ought to be involved, right? But that means when he blesses me or gives me an opportunity to replace something or to upgrade something, instead of hoarding stuff like the guy in Scripture that says, I'm going to fill all my barns full and then I'm just going to take it easy and cruise through life. And the Bible says destruction will come upon you. What we have to do is, hey, if I am in a position where I'm going to purchase something new, either I need to sell what I'm not going to use and pay down debt or better yet, I'm going to see the thing that I no longer need as seed and I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit would lead me to the person I'm supposed to sow it into because something in your life that is no longer functional or needed may be in a tremendous blessing in the life of someone else. And if we could just pray through that, when you buy a new couch, there may be a family that can't afford a new couch. It'd be a tremendous blessing for you to sow into them. When you buy new clothes or new shoes, it may be an incredible opportunity for you to sew. Now, don't give people worn out junk, all right? That's not at all 
what I'm saying. I'm just saying instead of throwing it in a storage unit where we pay eternally to save it because we have some emotional connection to it, let's instead purge. Let's keep our closets clean and keep our opportunities high in investing and sowing into others. Because I can pay a bunch of money to hang on to a bunch of stuff that eventually I probably won't need or use, or I can see it as the Lord's and I can leverage it to be a tremendous blessing in the lives of someone else. We just, we need to stop with all of this bait that the devil has for us of just buying, 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 consuming, and then hoarding and keeping the things that we don't need, all right? Working budget. We gotta make sure that we give every dollar name, create margin, reduce debt, and then also save. A portion of your resources you should save. We've always, at our house, tried to live by this principle of 10, 10, 80, and we've increased that over the years, but 10%, the first 10% goes to the Lord, and then the next 10% goes to savings, and then you live off of 80%. Now, as our family, we've strived to give more than 10% and increase that number, but we always have tried to save each month a minimum of 10%. Now, there are times that you have to dip into savings, and that's why you have it, because there are medical bills that come. Sometimes the furnace breaks. Sometimes the car breaks down. And that's why you have savings, so that you're able to weather the different storms that come. The Bible says in Proverbs 21 and verse 20, In the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil, but a foolish man devours all he has. And this is where we're at in America where we don't live any longer with money in our savings account with a little bit of a patent. I'm not saying that we have to have it there because we trust in it, we put our hope and faith in it. I'm saying that we just need to know that when opportunity comes, it's too late to prepare. When God opens the door, when God moves your heart, when it's time for you to be a blessing, you need to be able to have those resources that if the devil attacks or if something breaks or if there's an opportunity to be generous, that we've got some resources to pull on. If we build a working budget, it will help us. I'm telling you, it'll take a lot of chaos and a lot of stress out of your resources if you'll just follow this very simple plan. Because then, and this is where we're going next week, God has called us to be radically generous. And this actually is the key to incredible resources in life. And next week I'm gonna talk, talk to you about generosity and how when we get to, begin to see this through a different lens and become radically generous, that you cannot outgive God. Second Corinthians chapter nine, our verse we read a moment ago, verse 11, one more time. It says, you'll be enriched in every way because you've been trusted. God has proven, you have proven to the Lord in the test that not only can he get money to you, but now he can get money through you. And so you'll be enriched in every way. And this is God's plan for your finances. And think about this, so that you could be generous on every occasion. I want you to pause and think for a moment. How blessed would you have to be? How much resources would you have to have so that every time the Holy Spirit spoke to you, you could say yes? When the Lord moved on your heart to pay someone else's cell phone bill, to buy someone else's groceries, to give someone else new clothes, or a night out, or a free meal, that on every single occasion, every time, you wouldn't have to stop and go, I don't know if we have it. I'd love to, but I got I to check. Or actually, God, we're out of money, so I, I don't know how we would do that. No, Paul says God's plan for your provision is that you'd be so enriched in every way that you could be generous on every occasion. 
And then as you steward it well and give through the right channels, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. And that's another thing that we're going to talk about next weekend. As we give, we have to make sure that our generosity doesn't make us famous. Our generosity doesn't make us feel good. Our generosity results in kingdom benefit. Why? Yeah, praise God. It's got to result in thanksgiving to God because we're doing it with the goal of the owner in mind. It's not with the goal of my name getting on the side of a building or my name being famous or people thinking that I'm great, but it's thanksgiving to God. We have to preach the gospel. We have to move the kingdom forward. I leave with this thought because we say, oh, money, that's not a very spiritual topic. That seems really earthly and fleshly. And yet the word Bible, or excuse me, the word believe is used 272 times in your Bible. The word pray is used 371 times. The word love, 714 times in Scripture. But the word give is used 2,161 times. You are never more like God than when you give. Because God so loved the world that he gave. And so at Itown, I'll leave you with this thought. We give up things we love for things we love even more. Yeah. Because we are managing it with the goals of the owner in mind. With every head bowed and every eye closed at all of our campuses today, I want to pray that God would give you the courage to give you the faith to make some strong decisions in your family and in your finances, that you'd begin to see it through a new lens, maybe take some steps to correct some of your spending behavior so that you can put yourself in a position where God can truly bless you for the purpose of making an eternal impact in the world around you. But first, there are those of you who are here today at all of our campuses. And for one reason or another, you're far from God. Could be that you've never grown up around church. All you've experienced is religion and you were led to believe that God is mad at you. Or maybe you were in church, but something happened. You got hurt or you got distracted and it drove you from God. And today, you know, I'm far from the Lord. Maybe you're here today and you're actually serving money. Maybe mammon has control over your life and it's dictating the way that you live. See, the Bible's called us to live a different way. And when we surrender to the Lord, we see the world through his kingdom and through his lens. It'll make you into a brand new person. It'll help you live a life of true meaning and satisfaction. Maybe that's you today. You're ready for a fresh start. I'm not going to make you stand or come to the front, but I do want to pray with you right where you're at to connect you to the one who came to rescue you. His name is Jesus. Maybe that's you. Before we pray, I'd love to know that you want to be counted in on this prayer with no one looking around. Would you do me the favor to take one bold step of lifting your hand up high to say, Pastor Dave, that's me. Would you count me in? Come on right now. Just put your hand up high at all of our campuses for just a moment. Yeah. I'm so proud of you today. You can put your hands down if you haven't already. Here's what we'll do. I'm going to lead you in this very simple prayer. You can pray it quietly in your heart. You just need to mean it. Just say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for all of my sin and all my mistakes. I repent. I surrender to you. Come and make me brand new. Today, I place my trust in you. And I make you my Lord. Fill me 
with the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Then just whisper to heaven, God, today I give you my life. I give you my life. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray for every single person here. I pray that you would shift our perspective today to understand that everything we have in this life belongs to you. God, I ask that you would speak to our hearts and help us to manage it well. Thank you for the bread that you have given us to eat and for the seed that you have given us to sow. Holy Spirit, I pray that by divine revelation, you would give us clarity and insight about which is which. Father, we thank you that you'll bless us as we follow the principles of your word. Help us this week to make some tough decisions, putting a working budget in place and putting ourselves in a position where we can listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and be radically generous. God, one more time, we say thank you that every good and perfect gift comes from you. We love you today. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said amen, amen. Come on, church, would you celebrate with those who prayed that prayer today? Thank you so much for joining iTown Church online today. We would love to have the chance to meet you and your family in person at one of our campuses. Or, of course, you can join us streaming live online this weekend. Now, for more details about times and locations and even some of our streaming options, you can go to itownchurch.com. I sure hope to see you soon. God bless.